hosts feel it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We are about to unfold the story of Frankenstein, a man of science who sought to create a man after his own image without reckoning upon God. It is one of the strangest tales ever told. It deals with the two great mysteries of creation, life and death. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to. Well, we've warned you. Hello and welcome once again to the Frankencast. I'm the mad scientist Anthony Bowman. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm joined as always by... The incredibly squeaky gerbil mummy that is Eric Velasquez. My pronouns are also he, him. Yeah, so, um, you know, as we said, this week we're talking about uh, the 2012 version of Frank and Weenie, the full-length stop-motion animation version. Um, if you don't follow us over on Patreon, a couple days ago we discussed the uh, the original 1984 short. So, um, you know, if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about that, you can... Uh, join and check that out over there yeah absolutely it's a, it's a lot of fun over there yeah and so you know this in this version like we've got obviously you know you've taken you, you're taking a half hour short and cranking it up it's to an hour and a half so right. we're, we're expanding the story a lot we're uh but the the basic through lines are still there it's a, it's a the plot synopsis for both of these would be pretty similar um but then there's just a lot of like fleshed out extra details added in here yeah so let's go ahead and kick it off where we start. So obviously, just like the, the 1984 version, we start with a, mo- a movie inside of a movie. Yeah, you know, Victor is, uh, you know, he makes films for fun, and he's showing his parents his most recent film, Monsters from Beyond, starring Sparky. This one is, it's in 3D, um, mm-hmm. which I don't know how a, uh, how a kid right. with like a, you know, home camcorder can make a 3D movie, but... He did, and um, right, and li- like you said, it's not also starring Sparky; it's also starring Rodan. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's he's making a stop motion animated film within this this stop motion animation. Um, mm-hmm. So it's you know you've got little uh, GI Joes and you know little people and stuff, but yeah, the the monster that he's fighting is not just a pterodactyl; it is definitely a Rodan <laughs> figurine. Uh, and, you Absolutely. know, Sparky-saurus is, you know, Sparky with, like, a fin on his back and some horns. Also stripes, because Tim Burton loves his stripes. We've got stripes, we've got Beetlejuice, we've got uh, the Sandworms, uh, Jack Skellington, I believe. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you got to have the striped uh, uh, yeah, Spiky-saurus. Oh, definitely. And so as the, as the film kind of reaches its conclusion, it breaks, and we see, like, the kind of, like, dissolve kind of thing that, you you know, you would see on, like, old film reels as they, like, come apart. Uh, and, you know, Victor, like, rushes over and grabs the reel and everything, and he's like, I can fix that, and he goes running upstairs. Yeah, that's kind of his mantra throughout this movie, is I can fix that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you know even the basic plot of it, obviously Victor has a mind for fixing things, that, you know, if if things don't go his way, he's going to try to figure out a way to fix them. Right, yeah, Uh, film, uh, terminal conditions, (laughs) he's got got everything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so he heads upstairs, and meanwhile, downstairs, his uh, his parents, 
um, played by Martin Short and Catherine O'Hara. Um, yeah. yeah, as we mentioned in the other one, uh, it was kind of, we were discussing how like everyone was about to become famous or get pretty close to it. And this, uh, most of the actors, Catherine O'Hara, like, uh, like you said, she plays three parts. Uh, so does Martin Short. Uh, it's like most of the actors have already gone through at least one popular stage and now they're going through their second. <laughs> yeah. And we even have um, Winona Ryder as, mm-hmm. as uh, Elsa Van Helsing. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. So they're kind of, you know, they're, they're loving parents. They're a little concerned. You know, Victor spends all his time up in the attic making his movies and Sparky's really his only friend. And they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're concerned. Like, you know, they, they want uh, him to have a happy, fulfilling life. And they want him to make some real friends, you know, some real human friends. Yeah. Um, they, they love their kid and they're like, we, you know, we want him to turn out normally, which is kind of hard to accomplish in this very, very yeah. weird town <laughs> that they live town. in. Right, exactly. So the next morning we do cut to the paper boy throwing some papers at the Frankenstein residence. <laughs> Yeah, and we're introduced to the mayor of New Holland, um, Bob Burgermeister. Yep, which we we believe is a reference to Burgermeister Meister Burger of uh, Santa Claus's Come to Town fame, because he looks an awful lot like that character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, obviously, you know, all, all the early Frankenstein movies have Burgermeister, you know, characters, yeah. and in fact, I think, I mean. It, didn't we cut like the Burgermeister in those movies is basically the mayor of those towns, right? So right. he's mm-hmm. Mayor Burgermeister. Burgermeister. So. <laughs> mayor, yeah. mayor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of like chastising Victor for letting Sparky into his yard. Yeah, uh, you know, this is Dutch dazzlers and pee on his flamingos. Yeah. You know, normal like suburbia stuff like, you know, keep your pet out of my lawn and all that kind of stuff. And Victor, you know, he kind of apologizes and, you know, says he'll try to, to keep Sparky under control. And he, you know, heads off. And then um, Burgermeister basically does the same speech again to his uh, goth niece, Elsa, as you mentioned, played by Winona Ryder. And he mentions her dog, Persephone. Well, not my Yeah, name. Yeah, so she has a, yeah, she is staying with him for a couple of months or something. Like, she's, he's sort of babysitting her but it's like a long-term kind of thing um and yeah so she's yeah she's living there with her dog uh the poodle persephone like you said mm-hmm. um yeah. and, and he's he's worried he doesn't he doesn't want any kind of shenanigans because um the upcoming town dutch day festival is is getting ready to happen and you know everybody has you know high expectations for how it's going to turn out and it all rests on him because he's mm-hmm. the mayor yeah, you gotta you gotta really ratchet up your Dutch day for New Holland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so then we cut away to school, and the kids are in science class, and they're meeting their new teacher, Mister Rizkruski. Basically, Mister um, Rice Krispie. <laughs> <laughs> right. If you say that, you're 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 pretty much on the ball. Yeah, um, and he's played by Martin Landau, who, you know, has previously worked with Tim Burton as uh, Bill Lugosi and Ed Wood. But here he's kind of, he's this sort of creepy science teacher who's kind of got like like a vaguely Vincent Price kind of vibe about him. And he's encouraging kids to become involved and love the science. And uh, yeah. we're also, he also discusses how Mr. Holcomb was struck by lightning. Well, not exactly struck. But uh, we have a couple, we have a convergence of two ladders that basically 
Mr. Holcomb happened to be in the way and bridge the gap and <laughs> act as a circuit. So, yeah. So their former science teacher that that's why he's gone and why uh, Raskruski is taking over. Um, and the, like the way that he described, like it, you get the sense that like he's he's a very serious, you know, science minded guy, and like he wants to give the kids the reality of a lightning strike, um, mm-hmm. thinking that like it might kind of comfort them. Right. Um, but he does, but it, he does it in a way that's very kind of dry and like a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but he's like, don't worry, lightning strikes are are very rare. It's you know you don't have anything to worry about. And then the kids are like, uh, I know so you're rare. new to town, but uh, it's not very rare at all where we live. Like right, There's uh, a thunderstorm every other night, right? Yeah, and one of the kids is like, yeah, my dad's been struck twice. Right, but why is that? Why is that the case? It's like we're built on an ancient cemetery or abandoned gold mine or yeah yeah there's like there's a weird so uh, you know we, we'll meet these kids a little bit more as we go but like there's a weird girl who is literally just named weird girl in the credits mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think Catherine O'Hare plays her as well and but mm-hmm. yeah she's she's got this theory that it's either that the town was built on a cemetery or an abandoned gold mine or a cemetery for dead miners. Right. Um, and, well, you know... one kid named Nassor, who's kind of like a, a either a Karloff or Christopher Lee spoof, thinks it's because of the windmill. The giant windmill in town. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, no, I think it's probably the, the cemetery stuff. That's, mm-hmm. that's definitely got to be what it is. Makes more sense, right? Yeah. And so, so the main... Like, the kids... Yeah, you know, as I said, the, this town is just full of weirdos. And so we have... The weird girl, who's just just a weird girl, right. and as you said, you got Nasser, who is like he's kind of got a little bit of a Karloff lisp, uh, and he has like a little bit of a flat head. Kind of, res- it's kind of a mashup of like the Karloff Frankenstein and the Christopher Lee Frankenstein. Right. Um, we also then, have an unfortunate Asian stereotype that's actually played by an Asian person, but it's it uh, it's kind of like. They took an Asian person and was like, we really want you to be super Asian. And the person was like, I don't want to do that. It's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah it definitely feels like they... I, I don't really understand why they pushed this the way they did. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it. you know, a kid of immigrant parents is not... Uh, which I guess we don't know his parents. I mean, he could have been adopted from... Right. You know, from what... You know, like there's no real definition of what Asian country he's from or anything, but... Um, but yeah, his accent is just a little bit, a little bit pair, like, you know, like a parody version of an accent. It's not like there are definitely worse versions of, of, you know, fake Asian accents, but, uh, not by much. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, yeah, it still leaves a little bit to be desired. I will say, um, and Edgar, I mean, Igor, I mean, Edgar, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who's just like a slightly hunchback kid who is absolutely just like a Peter Laurie impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Bob, who is the fat just, kid, which is ugh. yeah, he's 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 not only the fat, he's like the kind of like jolly dumb fat kid, right. which is like a very specific fat kid stereotype that we could definitely do without. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll get a lot more with those kids as we go, um, and so. After the discussion about why the town gets struck all the time, we cut back to the Frankenstein house where Sparky's in the backyard playing through the fence with Elsa's dog, 
Persephone, and we see that she is a black poodle with like a bride of Frankenstein kind of beehive hairdo. With, without the lightning stripes. Without the lightning stripes. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you you know if you have seen the the short, you know it, it looks like the poodle that shows up at the end, but like minus the lightning. Right for now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so then we cut back to school and class is letting out and Mr. Ruskruski is telling the kids about the science fair and he's really encouraging them all to uh, to sign up and take part. But he's handing out permission slips for the science fair, which That's doesn't weird, seem right? like something that would require a permission slip. Right. I don't remember that ever happening when I was a kid. It was just kind of like you're, you're, you're doing the science fair. Yeah, I, it feels like I, I think that really the only reason for that is for an upcoming scene. Like they just needed mm-hmm. uh, Victor to have to get permission. Fair enough. Um, but before that, um, Victor is accosted by the weird girl and Mister Whiskers. Yeah, her her weird cat, Mister Whiskers, who apparently has dreams about people she knows occasionally, and the way that he tells her that he's had a dream. <laughs> Is by he has a poop sh- in the shape of their first initial. Yeah, and so she holds out a napkin with a V-shaped cat <laughs> turd, uh, yeah. and is just like, so he, you know, she, yeah, she's like, you know, Mister Whiskers had a dream about you, um, and she tells him that like, what? So Mister Whiskers dreamed about Bob. And then he fell down a manhole, right? Right, and then Toshiaki was the the, the Asian kid, and uh, apparently he pitched a perfect game. So, but already the rules of Mister Whiskers Poo is just wildly out of place. <laughs> it could be good, it could be bad, you know. And then there was uh, the something's going to happen to you, exactly. <laughs> which definitely no, nothing was going to happen to you at all, except for my. My cat had a dream, so now, now something will happen to you. Exactly. And then Nasser uh, <laughs> got hit in the head by Toshiaki's perfect pitch. So Victor then um, heads home, and like I think it's like right outside his door. Like Before he goes inside, um, he bumps into Edgar, mm-hmm. and Edgar wants to partner up for the science fair. Yeah, he wants to build a he death really ray. He really wants to lean into the Igor thing. Yeah, but he also wants to build a death ray. <laughs> right. You know, that's not allowed. Yeah, like Victor's like, no, that's that's on the on the paperwork. We can't build death rays, <laughs> and he's like, but b- besides, I w- I work alone, mm-hmm. so uh, you're just gonna have to figure something out on your own. There you go. And so then we get family dinner at the Frankenstein house, and and you know Victor of course has his science fair uh, sign up sheet, uh, and you know needs needs a parent signature, and this is like kind of you know like in the in the short, the dad is like super supportive, super like. Just behind anything Victor needs, this moment kind of was kind of sh- like shitty parenting a little bit. Like he's like a travel agent, and his, so a big part of his job is finding out what everybody involved wants, and then you know finding the place that will. And he's like, you know, the thing is, you know, it's it's a it, compromise means that nobody's happy. Basically, it's his main goal is to provide dreams. Right now, people may have conflicting dreams, so his job is to find. Uh, somewhere in the middle. So he discusses sometime where his uh, he had a client who he wanted to go golfing, but the uh, the wife wanted to, uh, I believe, meet na- in- indigenous Native Americans, but they used an offensive word for it. 
Yeah. So that's not that's unfortunate. But basically, that's his idea of compromise: is that they're going to go to Phoenix instead of the Amazon, or I forget where the husband wanted to go for his golfing thing. I think it was like Scotland, Scotland or something. That's right. And so they both really didn't get exactly what they wanted, but kind of did. Yeah, and you know he, that, he's like that's that's you know compromise is all about like giving up something, and so you, you may not be really happy, but at least you're not really mad. Like you just right. kind of or in the middle, and that's that's the best you can hope for. Where neither uh, one is really happy sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and and you know he's he tells Victor all this to say, I'm not going to sign your science fair sheet unless you compromise and do some sports because yeah. I, that's what I want for you. Um, yeah. So you know, not the best dad move here. Um, uh, you know, I mean, I guess this is like him, you know, being concerned about Victor staying all in the attic all the time. And he's just trying to find a way to, to get him to come out um, and, you know, experience the world. But, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, anytime you're forcing your kid into an activity, it's never going to go well. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to have their heart in it. And, you know, uh, in this case, it, it doesn't really matter much because so we, you know, Victor agrees, you know, and we cut to pretty much like immediately he's in a baseball game, you know, so he's up at bat Toshiaki's pitching uh, the first pitch Sparky runs up and just like snatches the ball before Victor can even swing at it. So they tie Sparky up so that he won't cause any trouble. And then, but finally on the last swing, Victor knocks it out of the park. It's a, it's a home run. So it's like, oh, okay. So the cat, maybe, you know, this is the thing, you know, he predicted the, the good pitching game for Toshiaki, and that this time he predicted that Victor is going to get a home run on his, you know, first day at baseball. Well, that is until Sparky breaks free and chases the ball out into the street. Yeah, so um, you know, obviously, this is the sort of central, like, turning point of both the short and this this version. Sparky runs out into the road. He gets the ball and then goes to come back and is struck by a car and and dies there in the street. That's brutal. And, of course, Victor lets out the Darth Vader, No! Yeah. Yeah. And then we pretty much cut to the family burying Sparky at the Pet Cemetery. The Pet Cemetery in the short is like, that's that's when we get the credits. Mm -hmm. And we get to spend a lot of time seeing all the gravestones. Here, I think we get to see a few, and then we'll get to see more a little later. But, like, uh, this thing is, like, so pause-worthy. It's just full of sight gags gravestones that are shaped like funny things or yeah. pet names that are funny later on we're going to get the actual uh reference that we uh we make in the um the short or the uh the patreon of the short we're probably going to be referencing the patreon a bit but uh there's a, a headstone that says goodbye kitty which is a joke <laughs> yeah. to sanrio's hello kitty and yeah. it has the eyes of the kitty x'd out <laughs> yeah so they're you know they they bury Sparky and then um, we cut to like everybody at home and it's raining that night uh, you know in in the again going back to the short you know we had the sort of like sight gag where it looked like it was raining but it wasn't really but uh, here it's actually raining mm -hmm. um, and we have Persephone out back you know sitting in the rain missing Sparky yeah. um, while upstairs the parents are tucking Victor in and kind of trying to you know giving the sort of like normal parent platitudes that you know like uh, you never you know, really lose anyone they just move into your heart yeah yeah and you know I mean it's 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 a sweet moment they're they're trying to comfort him but you know that 
like anybody who's lost a pet or lost right. a loved one at all knows that like you know that it's kind for people to try to say things like this but it's pretty useless in the moment like it you know like i think victor says you know i would rather just have sparky like right. i just want my dog you know I, I want him here with me um yeah it's definitely easy to empathize with that yeah and you know so they head to bed and then we get like one of the most heartbreaking moments in the film like um Victor sneaks out of bed and goes upstairs to the attic and gets out all of the home movies that he's made with Sparky and right. just starts watching through them. Yeah, kind of reliving and purging those, basically, yeah. the, sad, the sadness from it. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's such a real moment. Like, it's exactly what, you know, I mean, I've, I've lost a couple pets in the past yeah. year or two, and it's like the, the first thing you do is like you you know, go through your phone and your computer and try to find all the pictures you have and you just, like, go through and look at all those memories and, and you know, um, you know, like the parents said, like, the, the, they might live on in your heart, but there's something about, like, you want to see them. You want to, like, have your eyes on this, this you know, this animal or person that you loved. And, and, you know, so, you know, Victor's lucky he's got all these, like, videos. He can see Sparky in action and, like, watch him play and everything. But it's incredible you know it's it's comforting and also incredibly painful at the same time to watch those and so yeah i mean but it's it's what we do you know like we know it's gonna hurt but like you kind of just have to do it anyway absolutely yeah um and so then uh we cut to like the the next morning um victor is you know back in class and Mr. Ruskruski is doing a demo of electricity with yeah, a dead frog. Yeah, what happens when you introduce electricity to frogs? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's, you know, the legs twitch, it's moving, and, um, you Victor know, Victor... Yeah, so he pretty much, like, you know, he rushes home after class and starts, like, collecting electrical equipment around the house. Uh, this scene is very similar to the, you know, to the short. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets stuff out of the kitchen, he gets stuff out of the garage, uh, we don't get like the run-in with the neighbor here, um, yeah, which is always you know, fun. But yeah, and then we pretty much see like that night Victor digging Sparky up in the in the pet cemetery. Yeah, and as soon as he finishes uh, getting him out, there's a weird interaction with a cat. We and I don't think we ever see this cat ever again. It's a black cat. It kind of hisses at Victor, and then mm. whenever he digs up the coffin, he like actually attacks Victor a little bit. But um, Victor gets sparky out of the coffin and as soon as that happens it starts storming like we said this this town you know is it's constant rain mm -hmm. um so he he gets home and his parents are still up um so he's gonna like have to sneak past them they are actually watching um, or dracula yeah and it's like you know all this is you know stop motion animation and then we've got on the tv like the live action christopher lee uh, on screen, mm -hmm. um, you know, which like I think the you know the original Frankenweenie is definitely like a love letter to you know specifically Frankenstein, but like other Universal and just classic yeah. horror in general. And this like dials that up to eleven. Like it is just full. You know, I mean, we've talked about Elsa Van Helsing, mm -hmm. and you know, like the the there's just so many references to um, monster movies in this. Um, and so, yeah, of course, we're going to have to have Christopher Lee as Dracula in there. Of course. 
Uh, and so Victor is able to sneak past his parents and he gets upstairs and we get our first look at his, the lab that he built out of, you know, home appliances. Yeah, and he uh, also starts stitching uh, Sparky back together and adding a couple of little bolts for to conduct uh, the electricity. Yeah, uh, and this lab, I mean, it looks so good. so good. Like, um, you know, it's very similar to the lab in the short. You know, you've got a lot of uh, home appliances, toasters, things like that. You've got a bike with the both wheels, wheels acting as spinning science wheels. That's how you know this is a good lab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and th the thing about this also is that like you know in the short it, it probably was super easy because they were like we want this to look like uh you know a kid did this with a household item so let's just go buy we'll buy a toaster we'll buy a bike we'll buy you know household items it'll be mm -hmm. super easy but now we're you know this is in this stop motion world they had to make all of these little teeny tiny right. uh, you know household items and like the detail is so impressive like i mean the detail throughout this whole movie is incredible but this this lab especially where you, when you just like look and you're just like they built every single thing in here uh it's yeah it it, it looks really really great right even um, the uh the electrical uh, reindeer lawn ornaments <laughs> yeah yeah some good old like old school like light up reindeer like mm -hmm. you would see in uh christmas this vacation or something um yeah, and and so there's you know we get the the whole revival scene. Um, you know he sends Sparky up. We've got like the umbrella and the various kites, including the the bat shaped kite that gets struck, and he you know lowers Sparky back down. Um, and as is the case with so many Frankenstein adaptations, it, does uh, it doesn't look work. like anything's happened. Sparky's right. just motionless. Well, that is until Victor hugs him and sheds a single tear Aww. yeah and it's like as soon as the tear drips onto sparky his tail starts wagging yep. full reanimation <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know victor yells sparky you're alive and sparky's kind of running around mm -hmm. he's wagging his tail so hard that it goes flying off in the basket. and you know of course victor says i could fix, fix that. that that's right go with that mantra once again all right, so the next morning, Mom is calling Victor down for breakfast. Yeah, she can't find him. She ends up, like, going up into the attic looking for him, and he is kind of, like, he hides behind a curtain, and then he puts Sparky under, like, one of those, like, wash tubs. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like, so, the you know, Mom's like, oh, okay, Victor's up here, like, looking at, you know, old videos of Sparky, which, you know, he was to, uh, originally. Um, but, you know, she's like, it's time for school. You got to come down for breakfast and everything. Right. And so Victor heads off to school. And, you know, in the short, he like, you know, tricks or tries to trick his parents and say he's sick and ends up sneaking back inside. Um, but here he just goes to school and leaves Sparky alone. That's right. Which leads to like one of the funniest scenes in the movie. Um, so like Sparky, you know, gets out and starts kind of wandering around the attic. Well, he gets visited by the creepy cat or uh, Mr. Whiskers. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> yeah. decides to pay him a visit. Uh, and he takes a big drink of water, and, you know, like in the original, he his, you know, neck stitches leak. Mm -hmm. But here it's, like, really spraying out, and he's, you know, it's like a dog when they chase their tail, but, like, he's chasing this spray of water coming out of his neck, uh, and then ends up kind of, like, in the process, bumps into the window, comes outside where Mr. Whiskers is, and 
that you know we a chase ensues. Chase. Yeah, exactly. And of course, Sparky's running through the trash, running through flamingos. You know, going through uh, Burgermeister's yard. Yeah, just you know, just generally like sowing chaos throughout mm-hmm. the neighborhood. It's really good. Um, yeah, uh, and he eventually ends up making his way back home and gets into the backyard and starts kind of like, you know, he goes over to see Elsa's poodle. Um, yeah, Persephone. and you know she's happy that he's back, and they kind of like touch noses and kind of like, well, or you know, she sort- touches his uh, his bolts. <laughs> And gives yeah, himself a little bit of a charge. You know, he zaps her a little bit accidentally, and that mm-hmm. gives her the white lightning bolt streaks in her hair. Right. So there you go. We got there. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, um, Edgar is coming home from school and happens to see Sparky in the backyard hmm. and is like, huh, that's interesting because yeah, we know dead, Sparky right? is dead. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. So then uh, Victor ends up getting home. And um, he, you know, sees Sparky. And Sparky's very tired. He's obviously had a very busy day that, that Victor doesn't know. Right. Um, and he's, like, kind of lethargic. So Victor, like, hooks him up to a car battery and, like, recharges him a little bit. Right. Which, that would be nice, right? <laughs> you could just recharge yourself <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that would make life so much easier. <laughs> right. Well, um, at this time, though, it looks like Victor has, Victor has a little friend Mom says, hey, come on down, Victor. Uh, your friend's here. Who's and it's friend? Edgar. Oh, no, it's Edgar. <laughs> and, yeah, so Edgar's like, I know, Victor. And Victor's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's right. like, you know <laughs> what I know. Right. Victor uh, trying to play it off. He's like, no, no, no. I know that you know that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, ultimately, Edgar's like, yeah, you know, I, I saw Sparky. I know he's alive. And if you don't want everybody to know, you're going to show me how you did it. Right. He's got to get that, uh, that A for that uh, science fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, all the kids in this town are obsessed with this science fair. They're all little bad scientists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Victor agrees. They end up with a goldfish. Uh, I can't remember. Does does like does he go buy the goldfish? Yes, right he literally then? goes buy the goldfish just to let it like suffocate in the air so they can mm. resurrect it. Edgar's awful. He's like he is like Bella Lugosi's Igor in that he's out for himself and he's a very selfish character, but he's also a lovable bastard. Yeah, he's not just the dumb Fritz assistant. Like, he's got agency and he is villainous, you know. He has his own sort of, like, selfish desires that he's going to, like, find a way to act on. So, yeah, they, they manage to revive the goldfish, but somehow in the process it turns invisible. Well, that's weird. So, like, you can put your hand in the water and feel him, mm-hmm. and if you shine a flashlight at the at the glass... You can see like a silhouette of the fish skeleton like projected on the wall. Right. But if you actually look in the bowl, you can't see anything. So Victor's like, "Okay, Edgar. Yeah, I did your thing. Now go go away and don't tell anyone what we did." So Edgar immediately yeah. goes to Toshiaki and Bob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he, so he doesn't tell them about Sparky, but he's like, "Hey, I got this fish that." Um, it was dead, and Victor helped me, and we brought it back to life. Yeah. Uh, and it's invisible. And they're like, okay. You know, they're like that. And so he shows them that, that it really is a fish there and everything, and then leaves, and they're like... Well, Toshiaki we doesn't he stick his finger in it and it bites him? Yeah, and then Toshi... So when Edgar leaves, like, Toshiaki's like, we gotta do better. Like, we... That we're we're gonna lose the science fair if we don't come up with something better than we've got now. Right. And I think their ideas were, like, 
sea monkeys at a Saturn V rocket. <laughs> yeah. And so then we cut to like the next day and um, Edgar is confronted by Nasser, the like sort of Karloff looking kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's really dedicated to winning the science fair and he went, he heard about the fish and he wants to see it. Um, right. Well, it turns out there's and, something weird about the fish now. Yeah, they're feeling around in the glass. They don't feel him. They shine the light through. Nothing's there. Yeah, it's like there's nothing in the water anymore. And Nasser's like, okay, so this was just a joke, and there was never a fish. It's just an empty glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Edgar's like, no, I swear, there was a fish. It's just gone now. Uh, so he goes to tell Victor, and he's like, the fish disappeared. You know, maybe they don't last when you revive them. Um, and Victor's like, oh no, so he like runs home. Yeah, gotta make uh, sure Sparky's there, right? Yeah, um, and Sparky's fine. He's He seems okay. Good. You know, I think Victor's a little nervous. You know, obviously this, you know, there's a difference between a little fish and a, a larger dog. You know, maybe there's a time frame difference there. But for now, Sparky's okay, so that's good. Yeah. And then we cut to Toshiaki and Bob. They are up on a on a roof working on their new science idea. And you know what their new science idea is? It's a backpack full of Mentos and Diet Coke, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Bob, um, Bob's the uh, the unfortunate guinea pig here. He's wearing roller skates and got, like, like nine two liters, like, on a, <laughs> sticking off of his back. Uh, and so, yeah, they're going to try to do, like, rocket skates. And uh, it gives enough power that he does start rolling, and well, he just rolls just so straight off the roof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, you know, since we're going to use a little bit of logic, uh, he notices that he's broken his arm. So <laughs> after a delayed second or so, he goes, Blah! And then we cut to the ambulance. Yeah, and like the, the I think she she's like, what were you kids doing up there? And they're both like, science! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And we cut from that to, you know, to, we, now we got to blame science. So yeah. we've got like a town hall meeting that, you know, it's a, all the adults in town. Um, they're all anti-science now. It feels like the, all the school board shit that we've been seeing in the news lately. And, you know, they're all mad that like their kids are learning serious new science. Like Pluto's right. not a planet anymore. When I was a kid, uh, you know, I had Pluto was a planet and we liked it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're, they're obviously they're upset about you know Mr. Ruskruski that like he's teaching them the kids all this stuff. So but he comes forward to kind of like make his case for for what he's doing. And boy does uh, he make his case <laughs> because <laughs> immediately he says you all are ignorant and stupid. Well, he's not mincing words here. Yeah, and he's not wrong. No. <laughs> And he's like, so basically, it's too late for you. You are going to stay stupid forever, but your kids, they have a chance. So I'm going to crack open their skulls, I'm going to reach into their brains, and I'm going to make them better. Yeah. Um, So this is the guy you can trust. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't, you know, we said, like, you know, he's he's kind of Vincent Price looking. He's he's a very creepy looking dude. He's got, like, way more teeth than he should, and they're (laughs) all cranked. Like, he looks like a broken piano or something, like... um, and so, obviously, they're just, you know, this creepy guy's talking about breaking open their kids' heads, so they're not, the parents were already opposed to science, and, and right. this did not sway them at all. Right, and well, not only that, he called them ignorant and stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so then we cut back to the Frankenstein house and Victor is playing in the backyard with Sparky and Elsa's on the other side of the fence and they kind of like have a moment. They like talk, but like she can't know that there's Sparky. So Victor kind of has to try to like quiet him down. But he barks. Yeah. And Victor's like, nope, that was me. I'm barking. Uh, I miss my dog. So I'm just barking to pretend he's here. <laughs> Lovely Elsa is like, that makes me really sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is that is definitely just like the saddest thing. So yeah. um but like they you know, they kinda have a sweet moment like talking and everything and um then we cut to like the next day and Mr they the kids find out that Mr. Riskruski has been fired mm-hmm. uh and he's been replaced by the gym teacher who knows nothing about science. Right, but she believes she knows more than the kids and yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Um and so Victor rushes outside and like, you know, Mr. Riskruski is out there with like his, you know, little box of the contents of his desk loading up into his car. Mm-hmm. Victor's like, you know, it's kind of like we're gonna miss you you know you taught us about science and he's like you know in my country everyone, everyone is, a, is scientist. a scientist even the plumber won a nobel prize <laughs> yeah um and victor's like okay so I, I i gotta ask your advice and he tells him you know that he did this experiment and it worked once but you know when he tried again with edgar it didn't work um and then we kind of get into sort of like the magical realism of this movie where Raskruski is like, so science, it, it it's in the brain, but it's also in the heart. Which, that's questionable, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But, he, he, you know, as more scientifically sound is that he's like, if you, if you perform a, an experiment twice and get different results, what, you need to figure out what change. the variable is. Yeah. Uh, and if the first time, you know, you did it out of love and you had passion for accomplishing the task... And the second time you just did it because this kid made you do it, mm. then love is the, the variable that, that made it work. Right. So we've got it. We've got it figured out now. All right. Yeah. The power of love. That's all we Da-da, know. Right? The power of love. <laughs> Uh, and then we cut to Edgar. Um, now that his fish thing didn't work out, he's just going ahead and telling all the kids about Sparky. Right. He's like, screw it. If I can't have my invisible fish, he can't have Sparky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we cut to the Frankenstein house where the mom and dad have found Sparky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, like, go up in the attic. I think mom goes up first. To, yeah, like, she's, she's looking for her muffin tin. She's going to make, I believe, cherry muffins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would try some cherry muffins. Uh, sure. That sounds pretty good right about now. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> well... She doesn't take uh, the dog coming back from the dead too easily. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's one of those sort of, you know, so she sees Sparky and is surprised. So she screams. That scares Sparky. He starts mm-hmm. running. The dad runs upstairs. Chaos ensues. Right. Um, Sparky runs headfirst into a mirror and sees himself. And it's like, oh, no. It's kind of like the I'm a monster. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, we you got to get that moment in, you know, in most Frankenstein movies, we get that moment where, where the monster sees himself. Uh, and, you know, I think this is uh, one of those moments where, like, uh, you know, I think uh, Burton said that, like, one of the reasons that he redid this movie is that, like, you know, as, as much as he enjoyed the way that the first one came out, like there's only so much you can do with an actual dog in terms of like conveying emotions. Yeah. I but, don't think you know, a dog this... would see itself scarred up and be like, 
wow, I'm awful. <laughs> I look awful. Yeah. You'd be like, that's weird. Yeah. So here we've got, you know, this this stop motion version that, that like, can have some more facial expressions and everything. So you mm. see that he is kind of, like, surprised and hurt at seeing his reflection, um, and he runs away. Well, he just doesn't just run away. He runs off to a carnival. Yeah. So, so he yeah, he's at the carnival. He's kind of, those like... He's still kind of trying to hide. Like he's there's all these lights. There's all these crowds. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's it would be scary for a dog who didn't just realize that like he might not be uh, the most appealing looking animal. Right. Uh, or the entire entirely alive as well. Yeah. So so there's that going. And so then Victor gets home. Mm-hmm. His parents sit him down, and and you know, you know dad's like so. Reviving Sparky was probably not the right <laughs> thing cool. to do, right. but since you know that ship has sailed, basically, mm-hmm. we'll help you find Sparky, and then we're going to need to have a have a, a chat about you know what you've done here. Right, defying reality and all the laws of physics. <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah, we get we get Victor and his parents splitting off and going in their own directions. Yeah. So there. So now the the Frankenstein house is empty. Um, and then all the uh, school kids, knowing you know that Victor has achieved this this scientific feat, they break into the house and go upstairs to uh, uh, you know try to look over Victor's notes and his equipment so that they can beat him in the science fair. Exactly. And uh, Toshiaki and Nasser, they're both like, "Ah, we see what he did. Excellent." And Nasser is like, "Tonight we will bring the dead back to life." Uh, and there's also, you know, like again, talking about all the little like subtle old movie references. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they when they go upstairs to the attic, they like are in silhouette on the stairs, and it's right. the shot from Nosferatu, Nosferatu that like, you know, the GIF of Nosferatu that everyone has. Like, you know, you've seen that shot if you mm-hmm. even if you haven't seen that movie. Right. But yep. Yeah, so then we cut to the pet cemetery. Sparky has like escaped the you know the crowded carnival. Mm-hmm. And he goes and finds his own grave and curls up to sleep on it. Fucking Tim Burton, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's a couple moments in this that are just clearly just aimed to like, just break your heart. And this is, yeah, this is definitely one of the the worst. (laughs) This is Tim Burton has learned how to just take a direct critical shot to your heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is like, you know, emotional damage for sure. Right. <laughs> exactly. So then we get the parents. They show up at the carnival, um, you know, a little too late, unfortunately. Right. Where Burgermeister is introducing his niece, uh, Elsa Van Helsing, as this year's little Dutch girl. Yeah. And so she's got to sing the, sing the like, sort of opening song or whatever. Yeah. Um, also, she's... why does she have candles on her headdress? <laughs> like, that seems dangerous. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like lit candles sticking out of her hair and stuff. Like, I guess the only thing that I could think of is like I know like the old style like Christmas trees are like this where right. you know they like would have like real candles in them. But I, I don't even know if Dutch Day is a real thing. Um, <laughs> well, but, yeah, I yeah. doubt it. I don't think it is. <laughs> I feel that's a definite no. But also, but yeah, either <laughs> yeah. Yeah, either way, she's standing up there having to, like, awkwardly sing this song in front of everyone. Well, doesn't uh, someone comment gonna... that, I, think that's, I don't think that's safe, and she's like, I welcome death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he says, you know, she's, like, saying she doesn't want to go, and he's like, a lot of kids would kill to be up here. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd, I'd welcome them. <laughs> like, come yeah. at me, kill me, right. please. <laughs> of course, played by Winona Ryder, so Lydia Dietz was being channeled pretty hard there. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, And so then we get, yeah, so we get her singing, and it's, you know, it's a nervous young girl trying to sing, so it's very off-key. It's not the prettiest song. And while she's doing that, we kind of get a montage of, like, all the other weird kids in town getting their pets together to do a bunch of, you know, reviving. Right, we have Uh, Nasser calling out, uh, Colossus! We'll finally live again. Yeah, he's like standing in front of this like giant mausoleum and it like opens up mm-hmm. and then out comes a little mummified gerbil. Well, that's when he resurrects them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get Toshiaki who's digging up his turtle Shelly who has a little like turtle shaped grave. Um, Edgar, Edgar just grabs a dead rat out of a trash can. <laughs> yeah. Because he doesn't care. Yeah, and then I guess Bob is not totally on board with this plan so instead he just like dumps a whole bunch of sea monkeys into a swimming pool because why not you know (laughs) yeah and then of course uh we get uh we get the weird girl and mr whiskers brings her a dead bat to resurrect yeah because she's a poor hunter and he has to show her how to do it (laughs) right Mm-hmm. And that rolls pretty much straight into them all reviving things. So, right. um, Whiskers we get grabs like, the bat in his teeth when he gets struck by lightning. It just blows up and, like, yeah. and knocks the creepy girl across the room. I thought she got <laughs> blown up too. I was like, oh, I just witnessed a kid and a cat just get murdered. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. But instead, it's like a like the fly where mm-hmm. like they, they end up merged. So <laughs> right. we end up with this like sort of like cat bat cat- abomination. Yeah, it's it's the flappy bat for this movie, but it's like a weird sort of it it looks like something out of Nightmare Before Christmas more yeah. than any like uh it, is it, a it definitely Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But and like before uh, this, Mr. Whiskers was a derpy looking cat. Now he's actually malevolent looking and acting as he's hissing at uh as he's hissing at uh, the weird girl. Yeah. And then we see um Edgar's rat is like bigger than like it's it's grown to like maybe like dog sized right but it looks Uh, like the werewolf from nightmare before christmas (laughs) yeah just just slightly shorter and it ends up like getting into the school and it's like chasing the gym teacher around Mm. uh and then we see toshiaki um he's got his turtle and it's like sitting next to like miracle grow or something and so it kind of gets merged as well which causes uh, Shelly to not just reanimate but turn into Gamera. Right? Exactly like Gamera. <laughs> like he's he's just an angry Gamera. You know? Yeah. yeah, so now we're getting like, you know, a kaiju movie mixed in here. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, more classic monster stuff going on. Right. Like you mentioned, uh, Nasser brings out Colossus, which is just like a gerbil hamster mummy. <laughs> Yeah, and then we see what happens with Bob. Where oh, like, I'm not sh- the sea monkey gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he did. I guess he struck the pool with lightning or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but somehow, yeah, the the sea monkeys come to life and they grow large as well. And yeah, they it, it, yeah, it's just straight up the gremlins. They just <laughs> yeah. like swarm out of the pool and they chase uh, mm-hmm. they chase Bob. And then we cut away to Victor, who has found Sparky at the cemetery. Oh, they get a, they give each other a big hug. Yeah, and it's another sweet moment where he's just like, you know, just don't don't ever run off like that again. Like I was scared, I lost you again. Like I, I can't lose you. Right, exactly. But as they're reuniting, they notice something really weird about the graveyard. It's like there's a lot of holes around now. 
Like a lot of things yeah. have been dug out. Yeah, that's strange. Hmm. Uh, and so then they they uh, they head out of the cemetery and they immediately like bump into Bob and Toshiaki and they're like, yeah, Bob uh, and we, his sea his sea gremlins. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we need your help. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then we see uh, the giant Shelly is attacking the carnival. Oh no. This, there's a Ferris wheel that's like the only sort of large landmark, and he is bigger than the Ferris wheel. Right. And in a nod, the first nod to several movies that takes place over like five minutes, uh, we get Shelly appearing and kind of chasing the Burgermeister, or Burgermeister, into a, a porta potty. <laughs> Very reminiscent of Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, well, yeah. How, how, how obscure do you like your movies, <laughs> Anthony? Uh, yeah, definitely the more obscure, the better. Okay. So, have you heard of this little movie called The Ghoulies? Not, not, <laughs> not the first one, but the second or third one. Because the sea yeah. monkeys pop out a la Ghoulies. <laughs> yeah, pop out of the toilet. That, yeah. uh, that's one of those, like, even, you know, I guess, I don't know if that's the case anymore, but, like, way before I ever saw that movie, I saw the poster for it, like, at the video store. Right? And, like, but the first, yeah. Ghoulies 1 is such a tease because nothing pops out of a toilet. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. just Ghoulies. Yeah, that that's a that's that series is a wild one. <laughs> so wild. Yeah. Maybe one day yeah. we'll we'll visit there. <laughs> Maybe I'm not promising yeah. anything. <laughs> it's gonna require a lot of edibles on that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they you know they attack the Burgermeister, and we got like the rat shows up outside in the carnival. He's chasing people. Yeah. Uh, just you know, just general chaos throughout the carnival at this point. Um, and then, um, Nasser, I guess, thinks that maybe, maybe Colossus is still on their side and maybe he can help. Right. So he re- get him releases, <laughs> yeah, he's six Colossus on Shelly, the, uh, building sized turtle. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of like growl at each other. <laughs> right. It looks like, Hey, there's going to be a fight. We might actually have a, a fight here. Yeah. But instead, Shelly just stomps oh, on, <laughs> yeah, just flattens him. Yeah, you know. And he also bats Nasser out of the way. Yeah, knocking him into, like, some toilet paper, and then into, like, a almost sarcophagus-looking, Patricia-looking, I don't know what even that was, <laughs> a stand? Or, yeah, like, I think, like, yeah, so he, like, swirls around and gets wrapped with, like, you know, looks like a mummy, and then I think it's, like, maybe, like, a display case that they would, right. like, put dolls in for, like, you know, uh the carnival games but it's shaped like a giant yeah like you know one of the like the nesting dolls uh, but then when he you know falls into it and the lid closes it's it yeah. you know it definitely resembles a sarcophagus so yeah. um you know it you know we've got the karloff kid and now he's he's the mummy as well exactly. so he's a little frankenstein a little mummy yeah then we cut to some of the sea monkeys nomming on some popcorn yeah and you know so one of them eats a bunch of popcorn and explodes <laughs> and victor sees and he's like, wait, are those freshwater sea monkeys or saltwater sea monkeys? Bullshit. They're brine shrimp. <laughs> they should be all be saltwater. Yeah. The science of this movie, I don't trust it. <laughs> but yeah, I guess if, if love can revive a dog, then they there can, can be then fresh I guess there could be freshwater sea monkeys. <laughs> uh, and he's like, okay, so then they're vulnerable to salt. So right. he starts feeding popcorn to all the sea monkeys and they just start like popping. popping yeah he just like takes them to a popcorn stand and they just go hog <laughs> yeah 
and while that's going on, um, the rat is like menacing Elsa and Persephone, and Sparky kind of like jumps in the way and kind of protects them. Right. Uh, and then the rat bites onto uh, yeah, Sparky's neck bolt, yeah. and that turns causes him to rat. explode. <laughs> he just turns back into dead rat. That's it. Just transforms <laughs> yeah. back into dead. <laughs> yeah. And then we get, uh, so Toshiaki has like gotten into the Ferris wheel and gone up to the top. Well, uh, it was like presumably. a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess he's trying to confront Shelly. Like he thinks he's going to like. Well, he's like recording con- it like the whole time. So I guess he's like, ha ha, for posterity uh, or something. I don't know. For his science. Yeah, pro- yeah he probably just thinks he, he still needs the evidence for his science project. Right, uh, but you know when when you've got a kaiju and you're up high, you're obviously going to get snatched. Right. Uh, you know, so he's like you know King Kong, Fay Ray style. You know, uh, he's getting carried away, mm-hmm. um, and then um, Victor, Victor uses like a wire that's been knocked loose to just shock him, right? The shock shower. Yeah, yeah, I think he sees, you know, that the lightning worked on the rat, and so mm-hmm. he just kind of tries to, like, scale it up. And, yeah, I'm not sure where this... Ca- it's, like, plugged in, and then just, you know, the other end is just, like, a, you know, a bare wires sparking and stuff, yeah. and he just, like, kind of just stabs his foot with it. Um, and, you know, so that, like... And Joe doesn't even spark- turn... He doesn't even turn into a dead turtle. He just literally turns it back into a shell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Mario or something. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he got bonked on the head. And then we get um, you know, the wear whiskers flappy yeah. cat. Yeah. Um, That's a good name for him. <laughs> and he like swoops in and grabs Elsa and tries to carry her away. Yeah, her and Persephone, right? Yeah. Um so Victor is trying to like run after her and try to help mm-hmm. and meanwhile the uh you know, all the, the townspeople at the carnival see all this chaos, and the only thing that they see, all the other creatures are gone. Yeah, there's Sparky. Sparky. He must have caused all this chaos. He must have yeah. been the giant kaiju and the little <laughs> right. goblins that came out of the crapper. Yeah. So they start chasing Sparky, um, and so, you know, in the in the short, we, we, we run to, like, a miniature golf course where there's, like, you know, a windmill. Oh, no. But this here, I think it's more like... Scale. Yeah, and it's, like, new, you know, New Holland, so they've got, like, a, a replica windmill as, like, part mm-hmm. of their sort of, like, town, um, you know, it's, like, a attraction or whatever. Right. And so Sparky runs inside. Okay, um, so here's what I got to say. Like, at this moment, I came to a realization, Okay. Because, mm-hmm. remember, Mr. Whiskers could see the future, okay? Oh, yeah. He could predict things. He knew he was going to turn into a flappy bat. He, he set this up. Whiskers was the true villain of this movie all along. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. He had a dream about Victor. He knew something was coming. Right. So he knew he was going to turn. He. That's why he kept the bat in his mouth. He's like, this is how I become my god form. <laughs> he's like Professor Hill from Reanimator. Exactly. Like well, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so when Sparky gets inside the windmill, Victor and Elsa are already inside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Whiskers carried them in there. The mayor manages, like, so in this one, they they do have torches. Like, in the other one, they had, like, 
flashlights yeah. uh, and somebody had like a zippo lighter but this in this case they do have torches and the mayor just like accidentally is just standing right. underneath turns out that the, the person who sets it on fire is still just a dumbass <laughs> yeah yeah he's just yeah stupid like you know like it's it's not the malicious like you know setting all. fire to the windmill from like the frankenstein movies dumb. so you know victor is trying to rescue elsa from the fire uh, but Whiskers, Whiskers is trying keeps, to fuck everybody up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's attacking, swooping through, and everything. Mm-hmm. And then like Victor ends up like catching Elsa with like with a rope at the, like the last minute. Like I think she gets does she get knocked out a window? Yes, uh, Whiskers knocks her out with a window, and she barely manages to grab onto the actual um, the windmill fan, like the actual windmill part of the one. Uh, yeah, yeah so part. she's. <laughs> Yeah, so she's safe, um, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, like the building starts to collapse, and like Victor falls down into the fire, right? And then, um, like in the original, Sparky manages to drag Victor out of the fire to safety. Well, unlike the original, we think Whiskers Whiskers is down, right? You know, we see his body laying in the in the windmill as uh, Sparky uh, drags Victor out. Turns out that was he was playing possum because that motherfucking <laughs> evil cat jumps out grabs Sparky and pulls him back into the fire. He's like, you're going down with me. Yeah, and right as they get inside, the building just completely collapses. Now, see, here's another point in in my favor of Whiskers being the true villain, because we see Whiskers get impaled. Like, this cat gets impaled. Yeah. Nobody else gets this level of they're fucking dead. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah, he's definitely the... You know, it, it felt like the other creatures were just kind of like up to just sort of general animal mischief but like yeah whiskers seems malicious malevolent yeah yeah Yeah, again like the the townsfolk see that you know sparky saved victor and that maybe they you know and they see this evil bat thing right um so they they clearly misjudge the situation and they you know they pull sparky out of the wreckage and you know but he's he's dead yeah you know the dad's like can can we help is there something we can do and Victor's like, I thought you said I needed to learn to let him go. Right. And he's and like, sometimes adults say stupid things. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was really, like, you know, yeah. I think that, like, sort of absolves him for the baseball thing, too. It's just like, yeah, you know, parents parents are just, you know, they're doing their best. Like, they're just, right. they're basically kids that just lived too long, and now we're just <laughs> right. in bigger bodies, but we're still just idiot kids. Right. There really um, is no such thing as an adult. It is, that is a lie. <laughs> yeah. No one knows what they're uh, doing. We're just trying our best. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a sweet moment. And yeah. so, you know, like in the, the original, uh, they, you know, get a bunch of cars together. They hook jumper cables up to Sparky. Rose screams uh, out, give him more juice. Because, <laughs> yeah. of course, he does. <laughs> and at first, it doesn't seem like it's working. Right. Again, we're, we're, we're getting that same moment again of like, oh, it's Burton, just not enough power. motherfucker. Like, I <laughs> yeah. almost cried here. Like I felt the still tears welling up in my eyes. I'm like, it would it would be a very good way to go out, in that mm-hmm. you know sometimes you just can't give anything back. You know? Yeah, because it's like you get this like you see Victor like accepting it like okay yeah. you know I I got I got a few more days with Sparky yeah. more than I you know uh, so like I should just be happy that I I got that little bonus and and just accept that he's gone now right. and the town is just kind of like looking on very sad. Well, and then surprise, motherfuckers, you got pathos for no reason. The dog breathes and gets the fuck up. 
And the town just, you know, starts applauding. Like, everybody's happy. And there, you know, Persephone shows up. And the dogs touch noses. And sparks fly. Yeah. And then we get the end. So this one ends, you know, basically exactly like the original does. Mm -hmm. Um, We just get a lot more weird monster action in the middle there. And, you know, a lot of weird kids. That's great. That's just fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like we're doing stop motion. We, you know, we're not limited by, like, cgi or practical effects or whatever we can do whatever we want like let's make this bigger and weirder and crazier and yeah yeah, it's it's almost never a good thing when you know when a movie gets remade especially by the person who made it originally it's kind of like what you know what what are you cashing in on like why why does this movie need to exist if the original exists and i think i think this movie definitely justifies its existence it's like well see the first one wasn't bad but here's more of it and yeah. we're going to take things into fun, different ways, you know. You can tell Tim Burton has obviously learned from his almost 30 extra years of experience. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm not sure. Sh- I don't remember if he, I know he didn't direct Nightmare Before Christmas. I can't remember who directed Corpse Bride, but right. this he actually does direct. But it feels like he definitely spent a lot of time, you know, with Henry Selleck and like, you know, learning at the you know at the feet of you know stop motion experts and you know it shows like this uh this uh, obviously you know there's a there's a lot of hands that go into making stop motion it's not like you know tim burton did everything um but yeah i mean everything in this looks great it it has such a a unique style to it um yeah this actually doesn't use clay right like it uses uh, silicone uh based models yeah, yeah. So you've you've still got like the the metal armatures inside, but instead of clay, it's like, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, silicone formed. So it it doesn't have quite the um, the clay look of like where it's been worked and stuff. It's like you know, these are like, smooth. yeah, um, which is in, like it it really works for this. Like it, it um, and it's also it's in black and white, which mm-hmm. is really interesting. And I think they like you know a lot of the pieces were just originally made in black and white which uh you know you know in real life if you make a black and white movie you're filming things that are in color and you're converting it to black and white but uh they were able to really like fine-tune the color variations by like actually making it in black and you know making the pieces out of black and white materials and you know various shades of gray and stuff so i will say like the one thing i i'm actually like I'm disappointed for something that really I shouldn't be because I honestly sat there watching the entire like credits expecting to see like Mr. Whiskers claw twitch like just so they could be like or is it dun 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 but no I guess they just decided to kill off Mr. Whiskers even though we don't know what really happened with a creepy girl in the end where is she at but yeah so that was a damn good movie yeah, it's really good. There's, there's, you know, like we said earlier, there's there's some stereotypes that get leaned into with some of the kid characters that mm-hmm. like um, that feel like a little lazy and sort of like you know relying on tropes that uh, you know I wish they They're had outdated. done a little better with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but but they but don't linger on that, that too much. Luckily, thank yeah, you. and like to- you know like we talked about Toshiaki's accent being uh, you know. But beyond that, like they don't, they don't lean too hard into a bunch of Asian stereotypes right. or anything. You know, it's, I mean, it's really he just does the have the dragon feels. kite, which is kind of gross. But mm, yeah, true. You know, 
and you know, I mean, he's obsessed with science, but everybody's obsessed with science, so that's not like a an Asian kid thing. Right. Um, but yeah, it it does feel like you know Bob and Toshiaki deserved a little better than they got. Yeah. Um, but but other than that, you know, it's it's a real it's a it's one of those great like entry level horror movies for kids. It's just like it's wholesome, it's fun. Uh, obviously, there, there, there's pet death, so you got to prepare yourself for that. But I mean, I feel like if you were a kid who had dealt with a pet death, like this movie might be like a, a really comforting movie. Yeah. Definitely catharsis or pathos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, do we got any more to say about it? I think that's it. All right, Anthony. Where can they find us? Um. Well. So, <laughs> uh, Not so on Twitter anymore. Not too much. Yeah. Yeah, as I say, as we're recording this, the Twitterverse is sort of, like, possibly collapsing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are still on Twitter as of right now. It, that may change at any time. Who knows? Um, but um, any any social media... like So, at, at the moment, we are on Twitter, Instagram. I started as a Tumblr and a Hive. Those are the two new ones that people seem to like they're moving towards. Mm-hmm. Uh all of them were at the Frankencast, so wherever we go, you'll find us with with the the same handle. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. Uh, you can email us at thefrankencast at gmail Those aren't going away, so if you lose track of us as the social media world collapses, right. you, can also f- you can always email us. You know, as um, the world burns. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you've got the if you got the money. Um, we're at patreon.com slash the Frankencast and that works as a social media kind of area as well you know Absolutely. you can reply to our posts and we can chat in there um, so or you, you know, can obviously watch the silly listen to the silly uh, ver- or silly episodes we've done just for the Patreon only yeah yeah there, there's there's plenty of uh, additional content there mm-hmm. uh, including us talking about the uh, the 1984 short that this was based on Absolutely. Um, yeah so there, there's plenty over there uh, and we'd love to have you, even if you just want to jump in, you know, binge through everything and then drop out. Like, you know, if you can't afford a monthly thing, that's mm-hmm. totally cool. Yeah, I want to say any interaction is good interaction. But with the algorithm being so shit, I don't know. Just, <laughs> just do your best because that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. No be obligations. Nice and... <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in that case. Oh, actually, Anthony, weird thing. Uh, I think I heard Kendall saying something about Bert Sember. <laughs> Decemberton. Oh, Decemberton. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, my uh, portmanteau obsessed wife uh, dubbed our uh, this month Decemberton <laughs> because we're we're gonna talk about a few uh, Tim Burton connected movies over the next couple weeks. So you know, Nightmare and uh, Nightmare and Elmsy, Nightmare Before Christmas is going to be involved somewhere. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's December. We're 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 gonna get there, but first we're gonna do another movie that feels very Christmassy, even though it's not a Christmas movie. Does that uh, have Edward Scissorhands. Oh, I was gonna say, does that have something to do with uh, flashy <laughs> hands that aren't Freddy Krueger? <laughs> yeah, 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 and you know, you get some snow because you got to chop up ice blocks, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, um, amazing. And I, I'll say the. Oh, I'll save that for later. But yeah, so you know, uh, Edward Scissorhands. It's you know, it's Frankenstein adjacent, and um, we're you know, so it fits in with the theme. And we're we're uh, we'll. I mean, I haven't watched that in a while, so I'm excited yeah. to kind of watch it for the for the show. Okay, well, happy Disemberton, everyone, and <laughs> yeah. to be continued. <laughs> Looks like you survived another episode.
Freaking Cast is a production of FCR Media. It's hosted by Anthony Bowman and Eric Velasquez. Follow us on Twitter at The Freaking Cast or send us a letter at thefreakingcast at gmail.com. Our cover art is by Amanda Keller. You can find her at Keller Illustrations on Instagram. Our theme music is by Vivek Abhishek. Thanks for listening.